You're listening to Echo the Podcast. Our next guest, David Davis, discovered a love for music at church and by listening to Motown Records. Davis's career has been punctuated with highlights such as working alongside music legend Quincy Jones and headlining a 73-show residency in Dubai. His latest achievement is becoming the current winner of NBC's Songland. His song, Everything It Took to Get to You, was recorded by actor and singer Ben Platt and charted at number one on the new pop song chart, number five on the all song chart, and number two on the pop chart. We chatted with the pop soul artist about his latest single, Ocean, touring, and more. Take a listen. First off, I wanted to wish you a happy belated birthday. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> did you do anything fun to celebrate? Um, I did a couple of fun things. Obviously, with COVID, I um, knew there were a lot of restrictions. So just had to do like a couple of fun outdoor dinners with three or four people at a time. And then... Um, me and my friends from college, we all got tested and met in Tennessee and had like a, a get together out there. So it was oh, good. That's so fun. Yeah, that's that's awesome. awesome. Well, I'm going to take it back to the beginning. Let's go. How did you first get interested in music? Yeah, I started um, singing in church as a kid. My folks um, were always kind of listening to me make up songs in the backseat of the car to entertain myself as a three or four year old. And they were like, you've got a voice. We got to put you into some of these programs. So mm-hmm. I was in church choirs and school choirs and show choirs and all, all the types of choirs. And, um, that just kind of sparked my interest in performing and creating and, in high school decided that I want to start writing songs because I was just so inspired by artists like Stevie Wonder and, um, Marvin Gaye, who are all singer-songwriters. So that kind of led me into the songwriting aspect of it as well. So those are the artists that you listened to growing up and Mm -hmm. did elements of their songwriting or their sounds make their way into your music today? Absolutely. I feel like with um, someone like Stevie Wonder, who is really, especially in his time period, was unafraid of vulnerability and um, unafraid to just tell the full truth, whether that be him feeling insecure in a relationship or him being outraged at the government, not taking action um, in regards to civil rights. Like I just, I I love the vulnerability of of him and how he speaks just truth to power. And that's how I try to write as well. It's just kind of a hundred percent. Here's what it is. Not much of a filter. That's it. Yeah. And with everything going on in the world today, do you feel like, um, I wouldn't say like pressure, but like that you have so much power in your hands with like music to be able to get your voice out there or amplify someone else's as well? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I have been writing about social justice issues for for as long as I've been writing and talking about kind of the state of the world. And um, I think a lot of that's based in, as a writer, you wanna write your lived experience. And so if my lived experience has been um, feeling like I've been through situations where I've been profiled or discriminated against, Mm -hmm. then that's gonna come out in my music. Um, So as things progressed over this last year, it's just been fascinating to watch how people are finally more open to that message. You know, I wasn't, necessarily writing social justice songs just for this time period. I've just, I've been Mm -hmm. writing them because it's been my life and to have people finally open to hearing it and to accepting the message and, and having it be something that they can relate to is, 
is really special for me to be able to witness. You talked a little bit about like being able to see how the songs that you write resonate with people. Mm-hmm. You recently won NBC's Songland, which congratulations. Thank That's you. awesome. Um, what was it like being on the show and also being able to see how your music resonated not only with Ben, but also the other people that have watched the show and participated in the show? Yeah, my experience on Songland was really so unique and special. I love that show because it just highlights the process from inception or conception of a song to straight to the artist, which can take like three to four to five years in the industry, but that show did it in a matter of a two week filming cycle. So it definitely like just gave people an idea of how much work it does take and uh, Mm -hmm. just, just to get the song done. And then to get it to a producer to get it, you know, kind of finished and then to an artist to get them to sing it. So um, I love that it showed people that whole process. I, in terms of the song, um, everything I did to get to you um, that Ben ended up performing and recording, I'm so glad that it came out when it did because the song really analyzes the process of getting to that point where you feel proud of where you're at. And Absolutely. I and, and also understanding the cost of what it took to get there. Mm-hmm. And it came out in June and in light of COVID and the Black Lives Matter um, conversation and protests and everything, I, th- I think it's just a, a really good kind of time capsule of what's the cost of getting to a healthy society and getting into a more equitable society. It's, it takes a Absolutely. lot, but it's worth fighting for and getting to. And also that it's not this easy process that it takes time. And mm-hmm. it's, you have to remember that when you look back and that right. it, and it means a lot more. Right. And when you were on the show too, did you get, I would be so nervous as like an <laughs> artist to like give your song and, to somebody and be like, like, be kind, <laughs> like, yeah. were you nervous that like, they would be really critical of your music or that they would change something that you didn't like that would change the message of the song? I wasn't too nervous. Um, only because I know that everybody in that room from Ryan Tedder to Ben Platt to the production crew and, um, the casting people, it seemed that everyone was there to serve the song. It wasn't about serving mm-hmm. an ego. It wasn't about being a personality or, or getting like a zinger moment on TV. It was sure. about making the best song possible. And so in performing the song, I, I was more emotional than nervous because it, it means a lot to me. And it is kind of, mm-hmm. it, it was my baby and still sure. is my baby, but, <laughs> but babies go off to college and have to get their degree of every course. now and then. So, you know, uh, Ben Platt is, is the doctorate of vocals. So I, I loved having him perform it and get to take it to another level. Yeah, I can't imagine what it was like to be able to hear, because if it resonates so much with you, to be able to hear somebody else's somebody else's emotions mm-hmm. in that, that music. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And so you also just released your single, Ocean. What was the inspiration behind that song? So I wrote that song a couple of years ago, and I wrote it, because I went on this Tinder date that 
or with this guy from London and we really hit it off, but I knew that it, it like would fizzle out when he left the next day. Hashtag sure. catch flights, not feelings. Yeah. And, but I usually catch feelings. So he left and I was in a co-write the next day with my friend Emma and I was telling her about this like whirlwind 24 hours and this crazy Tinder date. And I was like, oh, we can make it work. It's just an ocean between us. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, that's the song. It's just an ocean between us. And so we ran with that. Um, and kind of flash forward to coming out this last, this uh, past month, like I'm currently in a long distance situation um, because of COVID. My partner mm-hmm. is, uh, is thousands of miles away. And it's just become this song that has to, that makes me take my own advice, if that makes sense. I have to like, yeah. I have to remember that there is distance, there is separation right now um, in ways that I don't want there to be, but mm-hmm. that the only way to get through it is just through it and to like buckle down and say, it's you and me, we're going to make it. So it's been fun to see how it's, uh, it was written a few years ago, but still has applied in this time period. Absolutely. And I didn't even think of the fact that it has so many meanings behind it, both like a literal ocean and then also just emotionally, you can be so distant as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the music video too, I was, I'd love to hear the inspiration behind that because you chose to film it indoors. And I was just curious what the thought process behind that was. Yeah. So it was, it was a few things. One, we're in a pandemic and of course. we knew that we have to have everyone get tested. There could be three people on site and that to limit interactions with other people coming in, that we need to have a closed space and had to follow all these, you know, Los Angeles protocols for shooting music videos. So we found of this, course. this spot and we're like, okay, we can't hire dancers. We can't hire, like we can't do all of this stuff that um, would be a bigger budget. uh, And that would put us at risk for COVID. So like they said, me and my director talked about it. It's like, just dance, have a good time, tell the story, perform. And then we'll come in and do visual effects and like kind of make it really, really pop. So Mm -hmm. I had a, short session with the choreographer and Avivity Gaines. We like hung out for an hour and just kind of came up with some moves. And then the day of just kind of jammed out and performed. I love it. It's so much fun to watch. And it's like the colors are so vibrant. Um, What was the decision behind making the water uh, rise as the music video goes on? Because it starts out with just puddles. Yeah. Yeah. So the director, Gil Clabine, he's amazing and has worked on a lot of great movies doing visual effects. And I think the the motivation behind the water rising is that there's this juxtaposition of like the puddles happen in the beginning. It's a chill dance. It's kind of like, yeah, it's just what it is. It's what it is. And Mm -hmm. then as the story goes on, there's more joy, more excitement. And even as the water is getting higher and like overcoming you, you become Mm -hmm. a part of it and you're enjoying it. And you're like, this is just what it is. Let's just have a good time and make it through this. So that was, that was kind of our thought process behind it saying, as the waters rise, keep dancing, you know, and just, you know, just keep enjoying yeah. yourself. It's the only way through it. Absolutely. I love that. And if you could set up fans in the perfect environment, either to listen to ocean or any of your music, what do you imagine it looking like? I mean, my dream would be able to perform live again and to have everybody in a 
club or or a stadium and just dance and sing and hold each other and not wear a mask. Like, it would be all of mm-hmm. that, but that's not, that's not the case right now. Um, so what I would love to see is, you know, turn that song on with someone you care about, whether that be your brother, sister, dad, mom, partner, and, like, just listen and start a conversation about the things that you've been through together and how you survived them by sticking together, you know? That would be... I want, I want my music right now just to be something that people can have a, alleviate some of their stress and some of their mm-hmm. hardship in this crazy, crazy time period. And so my, my dream is that people are just going to sit down and listen and feel connected again, feel like three minutes of joy and mm-hmm. understanding that they just have to make it through this time period. Yeah. Music is such a cathartic thing. And for you, is it something as you're writing, is it a release for you? Yeah, it, it is. It really is a cathartic experience. I, I have a great therapist, but my best therapist (laughs) is music, you know, it's Mm -hmm. sitting down and not knowing where to begin. And then kind of going on this journey with yourself of unpacking your emotions and unpacking, um, what you're attracted to musically and and creating from there is just a really overwhelmingly positive experience. <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to ask you, um, yeah. your previous single, Golden, um, you released that and with pre-saves, you're working with Justice for Elijah McLean. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about um, that partnership and uh, how you got involved with that? Yeah, Um so I was incredibly moved by that um, video that came out about Elijah McLean and him mm-hmm. uh, having his life tragically taken. And um, when I was putting that song out, the song Golden is a song about worth and what's the cost of, of love and life. And to look at a young man who was a musician, who um, was a volunteer at animal shelters and played violin for them. Like it just like, what is the cost of that life? And the cost Mm -hmm. of his life was beyond. It was, it Mm -hmm. was, it was beyond. Um, and it was taken in a way that, that was so, uh, with such disregard. And so when I put the song out, I knew that I wanted to try and support uh, his mother's fund, whatever way that I could. And just told fans like, Hey, for every pre-save, I'll donate a dollar to this foundation. And, was able to raise some money for uh, his his mom's foundation as they fight for justice for his life. That's awesome. Absolutely. And for how has your music evolved to since your album, the long and short of it? It's uh, it's definitely become more transparent. I think um, my first album was my first time collecting songs over the course of three or four years that um, I was able to really hone in on telling that story all the way through and and kind of picking songs that serve the purpose of just that one story. Whereas this next round of music is very much just stream of conscious, like here's how it is, you know, mm-hmm. and putting one song out at a time um, and letting the story tell itself as I live my life and as I keep creating. 
So it sounds like we have more music to look forward to. Yes. What can fans <laughs> look forward to next? Um, so the thing I'm most excited about right now is I have a Christmas song coming out October oh. 23rd. It is the earliest. I, I am one of those people that's like no Christmas music until after <laughs> Thanksgiving. Of course. Yeah. But with everything going on right now, I, I know that it's something we can look forward to and something mm-hmm. that we like, we need some joy and some hope. So I have a Christmas EP coming out called hope for the holidays on October 23rd. I can't wait to listen to that. That's so exciting. Thanks. <laughs> Especially, I mean, fall's really starting to show up here. So mm-hmm. I think people are more than happy to get in the spirit of the holidays. Yeah. I call it my little Christmas pregame. So it's early, like but it. it's here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and also, I heard that you are planning, your hope is to tour next year. Is that still the plan or? The plan is as soon as restrictions are lifted, as soon as people are vaccinated, as soon as there are no cases that are popping up and sit like crazily, I'm on the road. It's just like, it's just happening. I, I'm an independent artist and um, the power of that in this time period has been that there aren't like, I know how to do this with a small team, you know? Mm-hmm. So as soon as there's venues open, I have relationships to call them and be like, hi, I'm coming. It's going to be great. <laughs> That's Yay. So yeah, as soon as, as soon as we can, I will. Awesome. And what can people expect from a live David Davis show? They can expect to go on an emotional roller coaster. Um, I am a big fan of the like up tempo dance, have a good time, have your drink, whatever. But I also want to tell stories and sit at a piano and cry together. So I will, the, the journey is important to me. And that's what the show is, is just get ready to forget about, uh, the things that are getting you down for 45 minutes to an hour and just, and just live. <laughs> I love that. I'm looking forward to it. I know that's my favorite thing about concerts is just kind of being in this environment that just is kind of an escape from mm-hmm. everything outside, even if it's just for an hour, two hours. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I only have one more question for you today. Right. But what is one quote that you've heard or that you go by that you want to echo out to the world? Um... So I can't say the full thing right now because it's like four minutes. Um, (laughs) But there's a Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena quote that is incredible. Any Khalil Gibran is incredible. Um, But the shortest one I can think of right now is Maya Angelou's when someone tells you who they are, shows you who they are, believe them. Um, I think a lot of times people take that as a like, when someone's bad, believe they're bad, but also when someone's good, like believe that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think right now we need more of that in the world of if someone has good intentions and just wants to have a conversation about how to bring more peace to this world and understand their prejudices or their, or their practices, um, understand that their intentions are good and have that conversation and try and, and try and meet people where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I was 
I really enjoyed talking with you and I'm so excited for your Christmas EP and hopefully a tour. Thank you so much for interviewing me. I really appreciate it. You can stay connected with David Davis on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at just David Davis. You can also listen to his brand new singles, Ocean and Golden, now streaming. You can stay connected with Echo on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thanks for listening.